Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 95 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am not joined by my usual co-host, Riley McConnell. He is recovering from a trip down in Mexico. He should be back on our next episode. And big thanks to Isaac Bass, who helped us out on our last two episodes. He is in Toronto as he will be actually attending the weekend series against Seattle. So we'll get a report on him next episode. But we are welcoming back our friend and passionate Blue Jays fan, Kyle Gould. Kyle, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Always a blast. I mean, tough shoes to fill when Riley's not here, but he was in Mexico. So I think it's only fair that I get to fill in. A good um, excuse. Yes. Yeah. And what a good time to jump on after that series. 100%. Uh, Kyle, we are feeling so good about the Toronto Blue Jays. And spoiler alert, guys, we got the brooms. We have a sweep. The Blue Jays get their first sweep of the season. And honestly, they did it in very convincing fashion against the Chicago White Sox. We're going to get deep into that on this episode here. We got to talk about some standout pitching performances, both from Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. We have injury updates. We have prospect information. And we have so much more coming up on today's episode. But first, guys, please like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And if you're listening to us in podcast land, please leave us a five-star review, download, share, and all that fun stuff. You can also follow the Buds and Blue Jays show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok as well. So you never miss a moment of the Blue Jays content while you're following along this season. But Kyle, before we get into the game recaps and I want to discuss how things are going, I wanted to take a big picture look about the Toronto Blue Jays here. And I want to say... I am feeling really, really good about this team right now. Like, honestly, probably better than I felt about a Toronto Blue Jays team in a long time. Because let's look at it now. After this series, we're 16-9, 25 games into the year, which ties the best start the Blue Jays have ever had through 25 games in franchise history. We've won four games in a row, back-to-back shutouts, 15 of our last 21 games. And honestly, the starting pitching has been really good in the last seven starts or so. The bullpen has looked good with Jordan Romano still doing his thing. Zach Pop and Eric Swanson have both been effective. The offenses look good. Matt Chapman's turned into one of the best players in baseball so far. Bo Bichette is still hitting the cover off the ball. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is still hitting the cover off the ball. And the defense, Kyle, is really good. The Blue Jays' UZR, which is basically a metric, a metric that measures the range of a defensive player and how the quality of balls are turned into outs. The Blue Jays are the best in the American League, and frankly, it's not even really that close. Defensive run saves tells a similar story. 19 defensive run saves for the Toronto Blue Jays. The next highest team in the AL is Detroit with 10. So everything you can do on a baseball field to show that you're doing well and performing good, the Blue Jays have done so far this year, and I am feeling really, really good, Kyle. And I think, I know it's a long season and there's a lot of ways to go, but I really do think the Blue Jays are onto something special this year. Yeah, I think they are too. And that's just music to my ears hearing all that mm-hmm. because a lot of the issues last year, years before, defense killed us. Key situations killed us. Our outfield defense, not great. But you see that you bring in Varsho, you bring in Kiermaier, that thing changes so fast. I am turning into one of the biggest Dalton Varsho fans, I think. Yeah, out there. Um, yeah you're not alone. Everything he does is just incredible. But yeah, it, it's been a great start to the season and, and kind of like a sneaky start, I might say. Like it's not one of those starts where you're like oh we're winning the world series but it's one of those starts that you look at your team and you're happy with almost every aspect and that like you said hasn't i haven't had that feeling in a in a long time with the blue jays uh, probably since what after the trade deadline in 2015 when this blue jays looked like unbeatable and we were on a massive yeah. tear it's probably been that long at least since i felt this way about a toronto blue jays team so i say that now kyle and you just know the team's gonna struggle somebody's gonna get hurt you know, someone's going to stop hitting and it's all going to go downhill. That's how a long baseball season goes. But right now we are feeling the high, feeling the buzz 
after a sweep against the Chicago White Sox. Let's get into the game recaps here. Let's tell the folks at home what happened in this series. Game one on Monday night, the Jays won this game 5-2. to two. The Jays fell down 2 nothing thanks to an Andrew Vaughn two-out, two-run double, but were able to score four in the bottom of the fourth thanks to a two-out, two-strike, three-run home run by Kevin Biggio. Brandon Belt had two hits. Kirk and Whit Merrifield each reached base three times, and Chris Bassett kept the run and good starts going. Six and a third innings pitch, three hits, two walks, or sorry, two earned runs, Three walks and four strikeouts. Jordan Romano worked a clean ninth to get the save. In game two of this series, Jays win this game 7-0. And oh my, Jose Barrios in this one. Seven innings pitch, four hits, no earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. Danny Jansen was starting to heat up. He had three hits, including a double dong in this game. Matt Chapman, Brandon Belt, Whit Merrifield all reached base twice. And Nate Pearson worked his first big league inning in quite a while and worked a scoreless eighth inning as the Jays cruised to a victory in that one. And in the game, the afternoon game that took place yesterday, the Jays won this game 8-0. Yusei Kikuchi continued his solid run. Five and two thirds, four hits, zero earned runs, one walk, eight strikeouts. Bo Bichette had three hits, including a home run that went off the foul pole. Santiago Espinal had his first three hit game of the season. And once again, Whit Merrifield reached base twice. And the bullpen, Eric Swanson, Trevor Richards, and Jimmy Garcia faced 10 batters, and they struck out nine of them in this game. Just pure domination from the back end of the Blue Jays relievers. So as mentioned, after this series, the Blue Jays sit at 16 and nine. We're third place in the AL East, four games, or we're third place in the division, four games back of the Tampa Bay Rays, and are sitting comfortably in a wild card position. Kyle, there are so many talking points, so many dominant player performances we can go on. Who do you want to talk about first as we get into this Blue Jays series? Well, I think... If you ask the city of Toronto as a whole, mm-hmm. before the season started, over two days, you're going to have two starters. They're going to combine for 12 and two-thirds of an inning, only give up eight hits, two walks, and strike out 17. What two pitchers would you think we'd be talking about? God, is Roger Clemens back in Blue Jay Blue? Is Roy Halladay joining them? Like, that is dynamite from two starters. Absolutely. And it came from the two guys that, undoubtedly has had the most pressure coming in this season mm-hmm. you say and jose barrios i mean even barrios's first start even this year i was very concerned but if we can get even a shred of that from those two guys consistently or even two every three starts that's what we need like it's we can't have that drop off from three four five starters like that that was incredible to me to watch that Watching the life on Yusei's fastball, his slider was working. Same with Barrios, too. Like it, they were just spitting images of the pitchers they used to be. Mm-hmm. But we thought we'd get it. And it was just, it was so fun to watch. I want to get into Jose Barrios first because they were both very good and they were both good in their own ways. And Kyle, I don't know if you were listening to our episode, but three episodes ago, I wanted to make a checklist from Jose Barrios. Like these are the things I wanted to see. And if he didn't improve on any of those things, I wanted him gone off this team. One of those things I wanted to see from Jose Barrios was I wanted to see him take a dip in those exit velocity numbers that came off the bat. And Jose Barrios did exactly that in this start, Kyle. His average exit velocity against him was 80.1 miles per hour, which is the lowest Jose Barrios has had in any single start since he became a Toronto Blue Jay. He made some pitch mix changes too. He started throwing his change up even more. He threw 19 of them in this start and he got 10 swings, five whiffs, and the average exit velocity on that change up 55 miles per hour off the bat. And Kyle, the fastball, which 
has been the big problem with Jose Brios when he's thrown it has been hit hard. He located it very well in this one and he threw it harder than ever. He threw a fastball at 97.4 miles per hour, which is the hardest pitch Jose Brios has thrown in his career. And he threw it in the start. And not only that, the location was significantly better for an average exit velocity against him of just 66.5 miles per hour off the bat, off the fastball. And if that is what we get from Jose Brios, I think that is going to be phenomenal. And it's a great sign of things to come. Absolutely. I mean, his command was number one on everyone's list of just like, that's why he was getting hit around. He was walking guys and then mm-hmm. he'd make just uncompetitive pitches right down the middle and that doesn't fly. And he didn't use the changeup well enough. So he had to rely on the fastball. And when you can't spot a fastball, it's just BP. But yeah. you're right. He did yeah. all those things. That fastball was electric. It actually, like, it just looked like the Jose Brios we used to watch before he was a J. Like, it looked like the guy we thought we were getting and like his, his mix was incredible. Like watching that was pretty much a former bar. Like everything we've ever wanted to see from Jose Barrios happened in that start. Now let's not get ahead of ourselves. Cause it was one start. And it was against the white Sox too. Like yeah, not the best the offensive Sox. team. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, everything we're going to say, please keep in mind the white Sox are by no means a c- contender. They're not that great this year. Mm-hmm. And the, but give credit where it's due. I mean, the Jays yes. have struggled in the past beating those teams, like beating them or taking a series. Like they, they swept a series against a team they should have. Yep. And agreed. at the end of the day, they're still all major league hitters. If you make mistakes, they're going to make you pay. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just incredible to watch. Jose Brios did check all your boxes and he definitely checked all mine. Before we get into Yusei Kikuchi, I wanted to make one more note here on Jose Brios. If you take out that opening start against Kansas City, which you can't do, but let's just say you did. He's thrown 23 innings pitch. He has a 2.74 ERA and a 2.41 FIP. I could go through some of the expected stats, but it looks fantastic. An over 50% ground ball rate. And I looked it up, Kyle, and uh, he and Kevin Gosman are tied for ninth in Major League Baseball for pitching war this season. Now, Again, he's got next start is going to be against the Red Sox in Fenway. Let's see how he performs there. But if you had to give me a number on a scale of one to 10, how back is Jose Barrios? I'm going to say seven. Okay. It's confidence though. It, confident. It, I'm confident that he's getting back to where he was. The only reason it's not higher is because it's a small sample size, right? Right. It could, for every good start he has, he could equally have a bad one. Like it's still to the point where I'm not confident every day he's going to go out and do that. Um, but I'd say seven. I, I mean, I, obviously, he's made tremendous strides from that first start. Mm-hmm. And every start since then, it's looking like he's building off something, getting more confidence and making those changes that he's had to make, which I'm sure it's not easy when you've been pitching the same way for your whole life. And now it's just not working. But um, yeah, I'd say seven. I like the call. I'm going to go probably six, a little less than that. I'm still not all the way back, but I'm much higher back than I thought I would be on Jose Brios. Cause let's remember last year in 2022, when he gave up the most earned runs in the American league, uh, he still had a few starts where he showed flashes of dominance. He had two separate 13 strikeout outings. So buyer beware, but I think we are on a good run. And I was genuinely impressed watching Jose Brios pitch in that last start. Let's get into Yusei Kikuchi a little bit here because he also followed Jose Brios with just as an impressive as a start, I thought. And it was a lot of the same things that we mentioned from Yusei Kikuchi in the past on this little run he's been on. He's been throwing his change up a lot more. It's been his best pitch. And I was looking this up this afternoon, Kyle. His slider has actually gotten really good results too. In fact, it's got a negative five run value against him, which is, and if you look that up in every single Blue Jays individual pitch, in terms of preventing runs, Yusei Kikuchi slider has been the best individual pitch from any single Blue Jays starting pitcher this year. And that is better than Kevin Gosman's splitter, which is one of the best pitches in all of baseball. Now, 
Kevin Gosman splitter is better than Yusei Kikuchi slider. Like I'm not saying it's not, but just in terms of preventing runs this year, that's how good that slider has been. And Yusei Kikuchi, we've talked about his confidence and how he's growing on the mound. We saw that here. And here's a quote that he gave via an interpreter. Yusei Kikuchi said, quote, all five of us in the starting rotation have really bonded this year. We're eating together. We've been going in our bullpens together. We've been giving each other advice. It's really good to see each and every one of us succeeding so far. So what's the saying? I know hitting is contagious, but maybe pitching is contagious. And if these five guys are all hanging together, they all want to one up each other and they all want to bring up the best in each other. I think it's only a good thing for this Toronto Blue Jays team going forward. Me, me too. And I think, I think having guys like Manoa and Gosman two kind of like completely different human beings. Gosman's yes. very, very relaxed. Stoic goes out there, pitches and competes. Whereas Manoa wears his emotions on his sleeve. But mm-hmm. I think like the different types of cast that we have in that starting rotation can really help guys like well right now even jose barrios right who's struggling well not so much anymore but who's trying to get back and and man i love you say like his, his emotions me on too man me too and uh like word around the clubhouse too is like everyone loves you say like they love him and they want him to do well so mm-hmm. like i i, I guess I, I understand that now more as to why they were so high on him i mean like coming into the season i was like should he even be in the rotation like i i was so down on him but um learning more about him and learning more about kind of like just those, like that story right there where he hangs out with all the starting pitchers. Like that's, Mm -hmm. it can only be a good thing for him. And like, we know he has the stuff and he has that lanky delivery. That's just terrifying. (laughs) So like, if he, if he gets that slider working more consistently and that changeup's been dominant, then like he doesn't have to rely on his fastball. Like he has been doing. Mm -hmm. And And that's awesome. Like, like that outing for me, I, I couldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you which outing I like more, Jose's or Yusei's. Like I I, I don't know. I, I like them both in their regards, but I think Yusei kind of almost looked more dominant. I mean, he he did only pitch five and two thirds, but just the strikeout stuff was electric. Yeah, Fifteen Those swinging really, strikes in that yeah, start they too. They looked so off balance all mm-hmm. night. And that's I mean, they've been struggling hitting a lot. Like I like we said, it was the White Sox, but yeah, and it it was crazy. Yeah, and the, I will say buyer beware, though, with Yusei Kikuchi, when batters are squaring up the balls against him, they are still traveling far. So he's maybe not the three ERA guy that his ERA stands right now. But I say if a low four, maybe even high threes ERA for Yusei Kikuchi, that would be a thumbs up from you and I here, I'm sure, for the yeah. rest of the season. Um, Kyle, I want to move our side over to the offensive side of the ball. And uh, Kyle, honestly, lots of options you can go to. I want to start from behind the plate, though. And I want to talk about Danny Jansen. And in our last episode, Danny Jansen hit a big pinch hit two run home run against the Yankees to tie the game late in the ninth. And he was back at it again in this series. He had two home runs in game two. And over his last seven games now, Danny Jansen hitting 417, three home runs, nine RBIs, an OPS over 1,400. Most of the Toronto Blue Jays have had a moment or at least some type of time to shine so far this season and Danny Jansen hadn't had his yet so I thought it was very good to see Danny Jansen get in there get his two home runs game and really get that moment on his back so Danny Jansen can start him yeah I mean I th- believe it or not I have a fun fact I forget the date but that was the first Blue Jays pinch hit home run since Rowdy Telez mm. in like 2017 which is mind-boggling that's, that's a long time to go without a pinch hit home run but man I, I love Danny Jansen I believe like at the end of last year when we had that when we had that episode about what catchers to hang on to, mm-hmm. I was really hammering home. I want Danny Jansen all day. Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. to get rid of him. Um, I just think he brings so much to this team. And like, he's one guy that like when he gets hot and when he gets going, like 
you love to see it. Like that fires me up more than like Springer hitting the leadoff home run or anything else. It's just seeing Danny Jansen find his stride at the dish. And it was unbelievable. Like everything about the series, there's not many things you can take away from it, right? Like obviously the scary hit by pitch, but like everything about the series, everyone on the offensive side was just, they did their jobs. They yeah. did what, they yeah. mostly, what we expected them to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we usually come on the show. We do a thumbs up and a thumbs down. I don't think we have any thumbs down to talk about. You know, it was all just guys doing what they should do. You know, guys performing to their expectations. I have another guy that maybe you could say has exceeded expectations so far. And that is Whit Merrifield, Kyle. And Whit Merrifield got on base twice in every single game in this series. And honestly, I don't know what your thoughts were coming into the season on what you expected from Whit Merrifield, but he has earned every day at bats in this lineup right now. And you know, if you look at the stat cast page and the baseball savant page, he still doesn't hit the ball very hard. There are still some like exit velocity concerns with Whit Merrifield. He doesn't have a home run yet this year, so the power might never be there, but he is really good at finding holes. He's using the whole field approach. He's drawing his walks. And the thing I like too from Whit Merrifield, 89th percentile in sprint speed this year, and he's only got four stolen bases. So I would expect maybe that stolen base number to climb from Whit Merrifield, especially when he's been on base so much. But I think he's been on base every single game he's played this season, 17 game on base streak. He's now on a 10 game hitting streak, which is second longest in the majors right now. Hey, Whit Merrifield, you've impressed me. Here's my thumbs up. Let's get keep the good things going. Yeah, no, I, uh, when he came over from Kansas city, I didn't quite know where he was going to fit in this lineup. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know. I was kind of confused when we got him last year and I was like, well, where's why? Like, you know what I mean? But he, 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 he can play so many positions. He, there was, I think it was game two or maybe game three of the series. They did a hit and run and the ball was literally outside, almost bounced. And he just plopped it over second base. No one's there. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful. It's beautiful. It's little things like that, that Merrifield just, does all the little things right. He reminds me of like a poor man's Ian Kinsler. Does that mm, make sense? I like that comp. Yep. Yeah. Ian, Ian Kinsler probably had more power, but yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I said. Poor man's. That's, sure. that's what we're losing. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think he's been super above expectation and coming in. Like I didn't know how much he was going to play either. I thought Espinal would get way more at bats, way more time at second base. And just, we'd see Merrifield once every three days, four mm-hmm. days. But no, I, I don't know why he like why he'd ever come out of the lineup now. Not while he's on a big hit streak like this. Yeah. And that's the type of player too you want in like a playoff game when you're facing like Garrett Cole or a really tough pitcher and your Luis Castillo, for goodness sake, and you really need just to put some bat on ball to make things happen. Whit Merrifield is the type of guy who can make things happen. But Kyle, obviously everyone else was good. Uh, Boba Shett hit a home run. Vladdy did his thing. We'll get that in a little bit, but I can't wait any longer. We need to talk about Nate Pearson, Kyle, and he is back. He officially is. It's been a long absence since we last saw Nate Pearson, but he got into game two of this series. And I will say he did look a little shaky, but I thought overall it was good to see him back. He threw 16 fastballs, three sliders, three curveballs. The fastball touched as high as 99.6 miles per hour. And he did paint a curveball on the outside corner to get a strikeout. And here's what John Schneider said about Nate Pearson, about what his role is going to be on the team. And he said he might be comfortable using Nate Pearson into back-to-back, into back-to-back games. Um, it's on the table. He could probably go one or two innings, probably enter games with runners on, especially if a big strikeout is needed. Nate Pearson could be your guy, but I feel like they also want to stretch him out a little, turn him into like a two or three inning guy out of the pen with that nasty stuff. I hope Kyle 
that Nate Pearson is now here to say, even when Simber comes back, even when Mitch White comes back, that we just find a way to keep Nate Pearson on this roster because his stuff is so good that you need to have that weapon coming out of the bullpen. And I hope we see more of it. Yeah. And let it be noted, I've been on the negative side of Nate Pearson for a while just because he's I've been I know I know <laughs> but um no I, I loved what I saw and thinking about it too is like the last four or five seasons the Jays kind of lacked that swing and miss big arm out of the pen like other mm-hmm. teams we thought last year against Seattle every guy coming out of that pen yep is a strikeout guy they have strikeout stuff now we have Swanson Romano and Pearson in the back of that pen with Simber, who gives a different look. I mean, that's important too. There's value in that. Yeah. But like having that extra guy, Nate Pearson, if he can find a way to one, stay healthy two, stay locked into whatever he's doing, that's actually working this time, then it's awesome for the Jays. I I mean, I, I would love to see him get stretched out a little bit because you think like fantasy it up, right? We're in a playoff game. Manoa goes six. You get two out of Pearson. Sure, sure. Right? And and now you're dealing with Romano Swanson. Take your pick. Right? It could be the Andrew Miller from like 2016, or what Josh Hader's done for the Brewers in the in those playoff runs. Like having a dynamite weapon out of that can single handedly win you playoff series. And the Blue Jays, I don't know if you know this, haven't had much luck in their playoff games they played recently. So. Having a weapon like that can only do good things. We'll see. The best ability for Nate Pearson is going to be availability. So while he's healthy right now, keep him in there, keep him on the field. But yeah, if he's playing and he's good, this can be a good thing to increase this Blue Jays upside, honestly. And that's what we needed is more high upside pitchers. Yeah, I, I was excited to see him get in. I knew as soon as he went in, I was like, oh, Jesse's just going to be <laughs> I hope he does well or else I'm going to have to hear about it. And then, mm-hmm. no, but it was, I was very impressed. And I'm glad he, he's up with the team now. So far, so good. We'll see more things going forward. Um, some other minor notes. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. stole a base, which I always love seeing Vladdy steal bases. He, I think he said last year he wanted to steal about 12 bags, and he did steal, I think, five or six. So he's on the board with stolen base number one in this series. He also hit a baseball 116.7 miles per hour on a double, which is his hardest hit ball so far this season. Season. Kevin Biggio got on the board with his first home run this season. And I even note about Bo Bichette's defense here. And we talked about it a lot during the offseason is that he had a negative 16 defensive run saves dead last in the American League for Bo Bichette. So far this season, Kyle, it's positive two, which is tied for the best in the American League. So tell me on the eye test from watching Bo Bichette play defense. Do you think he's gotten better at shortstop this year? Mm, yes and no. And the reason I'm giving a bailout answer is because he, he's making the plays this year. He is. Does it make me feel comfortable every time a ball is hit to him? No. Does his arm still concern me a lot? Yes. But, hey, it's working right now. Nothing shows us that it's not going to be working. Mm-hmm. So right now, I, I, I'm eye test-wise, I say, yeah, he's doing well. But he hasn't really proven himself to be that guy yet. And he probably won't until another season goes by. But I'm definitely seeing improvements. His arm is still – I can't even describe it well enough. It's like, <laughs> you, you see him come up and on, like, these tough plays or in the backhand or deep in the hole, and you just, like, 85% of you is like, that ball's going in the dirt or it's not going to be yeah. a target. And, but that's just us being Blue Jays fans, seeing that every day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just what it is. But I, he has been getting better, and – I still don't know if his future is always going to be a short. Uh, 
since he's come to the league, I always thought, hey, he'd be a way better second baseman. Yeah, scouts but, thought that too when he was a prospect at, coming up. Look at Marcus Simeon. He got the bag, and he's playing second base now. Mm-hmm. He never wanted to. Um, obviously, Bo being so young and as talented as he is and as a leader on this team, I, I don't think they're ever going to pull him away from shortstop. Especially with Scott Boris as his agent too. There's no way he's going to let Bo move off. Yeah. No, yeah, there's no way. But, um, I mean, it, it would be – interesting to maybe see him there at second at some point but like yeah. I, it's it's not gonna happen so i'm gonna get that out of my head but um i test wise he looks better am i gonna say that he's made giant improvements and that he's a new quest for a gold glove shortstop no <laughs> so no gold glove in boba shed's future this season eh? no all right we'll we'll uh, keep tabs on that i will say too though uh vladimir guerrero jr leads all first baseman in scoops so far this year and i bet you boba shet throwing that ball from shortstop might have a little bit to do with that yes. so stay tuned going on that and uh, going forward we have some news and notes there were some injury updates nate pearson was in the big leagues because we had to place adam simber on the 15 day to il he has right rhomboid strain which was the exactly the move that brought nate pearson up chris bassett was pulled from his start on monday after spiking a pitch to the plate and immediately signaled to the dugout with an apparent back injury but everything seems to be okay he said right after the start everything is fine i'm not even going to miss a bullpen session he should be good to go to get the ball sunday against seattle and as you mentioned earlier george springer got hit in the right hand by a hit by pitch on sunday's game and was taken out of the game he did go for x-rays a precautionary x-rays at that they came back negative it's officially a right hand contusion i guess he is day to day for now he might get a day off or two in the seattle series we will see how that affects george springer and Otto lopez was added to the team's taxi squad i think it was going to be santiago espinal insurance in case he wasn't feeling good after taking a garrett cole fastball off the hand but espinal was back in the lineup and i'm not sure what the status is on Otto lopez i guess it just means he's going to be the first guy up if there is a middle infield situation or anything like that any major takeaways from those injuries kyle or how are we feeling no i mean in the past i think the springer thing would scare us i mean just because of his injury history and kind of inability to stay healthy for long periods of time but also like he hasn't gone off to a hot start this year george springer and like we we all know that but like he's hitting the ball well he's having good at bats it's just they're not dropping for him right but as you mentioned, all those names earlier who had great offensive days or series or weeks or 10 games from with Mer- Merrifield, it's the whole lineup has seemed to kind of taken that burden of, hey, it doesn't have to be on George to get us mm-hmm. going. And I think that's in the past, it probably would concern me. But right now, none of these injuries concern me a bit. So just keep some notes on it. Let's see how George Springer looks when he gets back into the box. Let's see how that swing looks. Is he fully extending from his hand, you know, and then we'll see how he looks in the defense in the field as well to see if that gets any better. Um, I have some prospect notes, Kyle and Ricky Tiedemann made his third start of the season for the New Hampshire Fisher cats, his line two and a third innings pitch, three hits, four runs, four walks and five strikeouts. He did look his usual dominant self for his first two innings but did run into some trouble in the third. You can only get one out. So not really what we wanted to see from Ricky Tiedemann. I guess he still needs some more time down in double hair. So double a, so we can cool the, uh, the hype train just for a little bit. Speaking of those new Hampshire Fisher cats or Elvis Martinez was down there. He just hit his third home run of the season in only his 13 games, but his overall slash line is quite dreadful. He's hitting 102, 286, 482. You'd like, he's still one of the youngest guys in double a for what it's worth, but you would like to see just some more from or Elvis Martinez and Mitch white began his rehab assignment with the blue Jays. He went three and a third innings pitch down in Dunedin for the high a blue Jays. He threw 46 pitches, three hits, no earned runs, no walks, two strikeouts. Both his spin and velocity was down for Mitch White from what we saw last year, but I don't think that surprises us based on the long layoff that he had just had and how he hadn't even built up from spring training yet. So out of Tiedemann, Martinez, and Mitch White, do you have a takeaway out of any of those, Kyle? 
No, I mean, Tiedemann's obviously the most excitement, right? It, he's electric. Um, but it's going to be very important as Blue Jays fans not to give him that, that Nate Pearson treatment, right? Mm-hmm, like, don't mm-hmm. come up too early. And I, th- I think the Jays probably learned from Nate Pearson a little bit. They're not going to bring this guy in too early. Let him develop. Let him do his thing. He's going to be an amazing arm, hopefully with the Blue Jays for a long, long time. So cool the hype on Tiedemann. He's amazing. And Martinez, I mean, I'm not too worried about that. He's like you said, he's so young. 13 games too, right? And his power is ridiculous. Like it is crazy. Like just there's a video. I, I don't know where it is. There's a video on, probably on YouTube of him just hitting BP. And it's mm-hmm. insane. It's insane. And it's a guy to get excited about, but he's still so young. I hope they take him, take their time with him as well. Like. It- He's going to be a guy to watch in double A. Like, see if he goes on a bit of a second half surge this year to really regain that prospect status. There are some metrics that do really like Elvis Martinez and really think he's going to be good. Uh, Ricky Tiedemann, I agree with your point there. He could be Chris Sale, right? So you want to make sure he can develop into that type of thing. You don't want to have him be a bum out. And I think, I think you nailed the hammer on the head there when you said they don't want to Nate Pearson him, right? Because they want to take a guy with all the pure tools, but there's more than just having tools than becoming a successful major leaguer. So they want to make sure that's the path with Ricky Tiedemann. And with that being said, the Jays have an off day today, and we welcome back in Teoscar Hernandez and the Seattle Mariners who are making their first appearance back at Rogers Center since Riley and I were at the game and they got me on Sportsnet looking all sad and the Mariners celebrating our field. So not good memories with the Seattle Mariners visiting town. Probable pitchers. We have a rematch from wildcard game one in the first game of the series. It'll be Alec Manoa versus Luis Castillo. Game two, we will have Kevin Gosman against Chris Flexen. Game three will be Chris Bassett against Marco Gonzalez. Kyle, do you have a pick to click this series or do you want to give us a series prediction? How are we going to do against the Mariners? I'm expecting two or three. Okay, That's what wow, I want. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, that, that opening game is the game to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Luis Castillo obviously had our number. He pitched an incredible game in the game one of the playoffs. And and that he's a pitcher that like is underrated in the sense that like when he comes to town, go buy a ticket and watch this guy pitch. Right. He is like the movement and the velocity alone, as well as just command. It, it's ridiculous. He he is one of the best pitchers to watch if you're like getting into baseball or a baseball fanatic. Like literally whatever you're into. Luis Castillo will will check that box. So I have to give him some flowers, even though he plays for the Mariners and he did <laughs> for hearts. But I would just say that whole game one is my click it. Just go and experience that or make sure you're watching that game because it should be a good one. Friday night at the Dome sounds great for me. And uh, Luis Castillo hasn't allowed a home run this year. His fastball has been the best fastball in Major League Baseball this year. A 0.8 whip. It's going to be tough for the Blue Jays to score some runs. We're just going to have to hope our guys like Whit Merrifield, for example, can pound a few hits together. We can capitalize with runners in scoring position to really make things pop. Uh, Pick to click for me. I don't know. I want to say... I think it's time for Vladdy. Vladdy's good. These are some good pitchers. These are guys that Vladdy can pounder off of. I want to see two home runs from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in this series, especially against Marco Gonzalez, the lefty. Vladdy can take that guy and he can hit him pretty hard. And there did seem a few times last series where he was just missing on some pitches. I do think, Kyle, I think we're only going to take one. Blue Jays are really hot right now. You know, it's baseball doesn't always work this way. I think Seattle might find a way to take two out of three and the Jays only win one game this series, but I think they're going to be close, hard fought, intense battles there. Uh, any thought on that before we call it an episode here today? No, no. I mean, I was optimistic with the two out of three. I think, honestly, all these games could be coin flips. Mm-hmm. And when you look at even Manoa being our guy, that game one is screaming for Castillo to shove and Jays to lose. And that's just how his year's been going. But mm-hmm. um, 
I am curious to see kind of how they they handle this because like obviously measuring stick games you hear that a lot in hockey or basketball sure not so much in baseball because it's 162 games it's a grind and we're early on in the season but i want to see if there's a little bit of hatred there from uh obviously ending the season i want to see some of these at bats maybe get a little deeper in counts like whit merrifield's the guy like like you just said like he's one guy who can work in at bat do something positive even make productive outs if he needs to but i i'm curious to see how this series goes to be honest it will definitely be a fun one. Get your tickets. Get down to the Rogers Center. I will see you there on Sunday for any Blue Jays fans who are going to be there. We're looking forward to it. But that'll do it for our episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and please like your video on the way out. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and we will see you later in this week. Kyle, any last things you want to shout out before we before we get out of here today? I think that's it. I'm I'm too butthurt from the Leafs losing, so <laughs> yes. I think we're out of there. Sounds good to me. Let's go Blue Jays, and we'll see you again later this week.